Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, I'm Ed Larson. You might know me from the roundtable of Gentlemen or the Brighter Side on the last podcast network. Or you might know me from hogging all the sauce on a roadside barbecue stand. Either way, I need to tell you about my new documentary coming out called How America Killed My Mother. Aggressive, I know. Listen, here's what happened. In 2016, my mother passed away suddenly from diabetes. But it was more than that. Everyone wanted a piece out of the nothing we had. Between the cost of medicine, overdraft fees from banks, credit cards, predatory casinos, even my own dad, we couldn't keep up. So I took the insurance money and I made this movie. Hey, we all grieve differently. How America Killed My Mother is available from October 2nd to November 5th for rental and purchase on Vimeo. Go to howamericakilledmymother.com right now to watch. Being poor in America should not be a death sentence. That's howamericakilledmymother.com. Mr. Banker Man, I would like to open an imaginary account. Well, yes, little girl. Get on in here and give me your money. But where does my money go, Mr. Banker Man? Well, it sits in a room. Well, how is that good for me? Well, because it sits in my room. But what about my room? But what about my... But what about my room? But if it sits in my room, little girl, we have lots of it, and I give it to other people. But it's my money, Mr. Banker Man. But don't you see? There is no brighter side. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, folks. That was Miss Amber Nelson. Welcome back, baby. It is so good to see your face. I am you. I'm sure you had a wonderful time, and don't ever leave again. I had such a good. Is this my first episode back? Is your first episode back? Oh, I had such a wonderful experience. Really, just getting to know myself, getting to see the desert, mm-hmm. seeing my family. I was very socially distant. And um, Eddie, I got you a gift. This is from the Grand Canyon. From the Grand Canyon? Yes. I've always wanted to go to Grand Canyon. Oh, you would love it. It's for you and Julie. Oh man, I'm so excited. Oh, oh, this is so nice. A man in the lane. Oh, this is so. 
so cool. They're handmade dolls by indigenous women. The Navajo oh, dolls. I yes, love that. they're so pretty. Oh my god, I love this so much. Yeah, that's you and Julie. Oh, Dine. Beautiful. The people as the Navajo. Oh my god, Amber, thank you. Of I course. You. Yeah, thank they look kind of scary, so put that right by your bed. Oh, I'm glad it's already <laughs> um there's like they're almost like little voodoo dolls. <laughs> they do like little like voodoo dolls. I love these though. These are so all you can pull them like this and it's like they're kissing. Oh. Uh, so also, did you hear that all? You know who else is with us today? Mr. Eddie Ewing's in the house! Yo, I'm back. Eddie, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I missed you guys. I missed yeah. you too, pal. Good to see you, man. Great to see you in person. Oh, oh God. You know? Damn. You, distance, right. though. Distance. What'd you do, Eddie? Did you get diarrhea a bunch? I got a lot of diarrhea. I got... <laughs> I got. Is that how you ask people how they've been? I got cholera. I went to China. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a hut for like three months. Oh, yeah, good yeah. for you, you know. living life. Yeah. You, you decided to go. They're they're doing these now during COVID. It's the only way to really travel is you travel by wagon and you recreate the Oregon Trail. Yeah. And it's also a great way to get rid of family members. Mm. Yeah, you're <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And Carol has cholera. Yeah, so I'm too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh man well we, today we're gonna be talking about banks uh and i'm very excited we're gonna have the mr pastrami on a little bit later one of my childhood best friends uh he's gonna be talking to us uh mr dave weisshouse a former uh bank manager also a uh, partial owner of box elder accounting uh and uh, he's the man is uh an enigma he's, he is he's an enigma you guys love him he's on the show all the time uh, so I uh, look forward to that. Uh, but it's hard to make finance funny because it's a thing that a lot of people don't know about. It's like making space travel hilarious. Yeah, right. you know no, what I exactly. mean. Exactly. Yeah. Like uh, if you uh, if you ever shot a porno in space, or you could say in yeah. space, no one can hear you cream. Amber, you should, <laughs> check, you should check out a, a movie called Rocket Man, starring Harlan Williams. Oh, it, it's a. A very funny it. movie about space travel. I have never seen it, but I am into it. I'm going to check out. I'm, I'm more of a space chimps guy myself. Space chimps is another one. But, uh, what yeah. is that? I've only heard of space balls. Oh, no. no. Space oh, balls is the actual funny. good movie. Space <laughs> chimps is just, you know, I mean, you just watch for the monkey footage. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all we mm. really want in these kind of movies is relationship based, you know. Yeah. Because we can understand the moon or the or in your living room as long as it's, you know, monkeys yeah. right. running amok. Oh, God. <laughs> Love when they run amok. Uh. <laughs> but we're here talking about banks and you know what amber's back and so you know what we got we got jokes we got jokes joke joke yeah. we got jokes so me and amber we both we both wrote uh three jokes each about banks and uh and we'll uh we'll fly through them and hopefully these will help you and if not then um maybe uh they'll make you sad and either way you know at least you feel something yes Bank owners should just should dress like prostitutes this Halloween since they're fucking us over. <laughs> Before I had a bank account, I just buried my money in my backyard. And now I'm more responsible and have a Chase checking account. And man, oh man, do they hate it when I bring my shovel to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Uh, I dressed like a billionaire to rob a bank and they just said, here, just take it. <laughs> <laughs> So when filming the movie, um, How America Killed My Mother, comes out today, by the way. Holy shit, I can't believe I didn't even lead with that. The mo- it's out. Go to Vimeo. Go to howamericakillmymother.com. 
Go get your copy right now. It is out, baby. I have poured my heart and fucking soul into this goddamn shitty movie. <laughs> Just go rent, go rent it. Go buy it. It's on Vimeo, please. But when I was filming the movie, I was filming a scene where I was uh, talking outside of a Wells Fargo, and they called the cops on me, thinking I was trying to case the joint and rob Ooh, the bank. Yeah. And I told the guy that I'm not smart enough to rob a bank. Only person smart enough to rob a bank is the CEO of Wells Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good I'm very excited for this movie to come out Ed you've been really pouring your heart over it um, I tried to open a bank account without paying money and the teller told me to go fuck myself <laughs> less of a joke more of a fact <laughs> just like you walk I would like a bank account please okay and then you just sit there and like wait for something to happen. <laughs> I have uh, three pennies and two straws. <laughs> Banks made $34 billion from overdraft fees in 2017. That's $34 billion from the poorest people in our country. Or as the banks call them, food. Because <laughs> mm. that's what they live off of. Oh, they're just eating, they're eating poor people. Eating the poor. Mm. Eating the poor is what I'm saying. Man, I'm fucking banks. I hate them. They drive me crazy. Yeah. I, like I need them. them. I'm calling them. I'm like, I'm looking at my shit every 10 minutes. I got an app on my phone. They got credit cards at the bank. I got every, I'm doing everything down the line. And I just end up owing these bastards money no matter what. Yeah. I got Can I tell you a quick story about me and the banks? Please. I think this is the epitome of banking. Okay. So I'm at Bank of America and they're doing this weird thing. This is back when I used to have a Bank of America account and I had no money. I'm working at a restaurant. And they were doing this weird thing where I would deposit my check and they would like release half of it, but not all of it. They do that, yeah. And it's just like, why? Because because I'd either be a little negative and so they wouldn't put all of it into the account, but they would like, and it would be like, not like a hundred you clear for a day. It would be like half of it. And so yeah. it was really confusing. And so I ended up bouncing a rent check and shit like that. Mm -hmm. I flip out. I go into Bank of America. I was like, how come I wasn't able to spend my money? You know, just saying that real loud in the middle of Bank of America. Fuck yeah. Like, like I'm like, I'm like, like, you know, I was like, how come I can't spend my money? How come you're charging me when I'm trying to spend my money? Why are you keeping my money from me? Like that, and they don't have an answer for me. I was like, fuck it. I was like, give me my money. I was like, give me my $255 and I'm going to fucking leave and never set foot in a Bank of America again for the rest of my goddamn life. I'm like, fuck you. Fuck all of you. You're ripping off the poor. I like had this big Manicopa speech right in the middle of, right in the middle of, uh, uh, right in the middle of Bank of America and Ridgewood, Queens and just like screaming. People are like half applauding. Other people are scared, you know, and then the other people who work there just trying to get me out the front door because those poor bastards. And, uh, and so, and I'm out there screaming flash forward two weeks later, I get an audition for Bank of America. Oh. So I, I'm like, oh, jeez, I really need money. And so <laughs> <laughs> when you know, I book the fucking gig, all right? So I go in, I book the gig, uh, and my job is I am literally playing a uh, a, 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 a dude who, who moves a box. And that, that's my whole, that's my that's my part. Probably $35,000, right? It was great money. Yeah. It was great money. So I immediately went back on my shit just because I needed money. You know, like, like my whole speech meant bullshit because I was just like, oh, well, you're going to... Well, technically, so, you're not stepping foot in a Bank of America. Yeah. You're just working for their kind of bullshit. Yeah, country. I'm just in their fucking commercial. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so I'm, I'm getting, and then and the commercial is like, the the camera's just following this guy, and he's walking amongst the public, and he's kind of like looking around, you know, he's noticing people around, and like the normal everyday Joe, and I'm one of them. I'm like tossing a bag of rice to another guy, and he walks in between us, you know. We did, I did it like a hundred times, and one of the we were stopped down for a second. And the guy's there, and I was like, "Hey, man!" I was like, "I was like, who are you with?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm with uh, Bank of America." I was like, "Cool, yeah, so are we." But like, who? You know, like, are you? Do you have a? Who's your commercial agent? And he's like, "No, I'm Brian Moynihan. I'm the CEO of Bank of America." Oh my <laughs> god! And I was like, "Never heard of you." <laughs> and he's just like, he's like, "Yeah." I was like, "So how'd you get the gig then?" And I just started fucking with him. Yeah. And uh, and then, but then the commercial never went to air. Because it was di- it was in 2009. It was right after the recession. Mm. And so it was the most tone-deaf commercial in the world because it was like him, a camera, like crane shots in the middle of fucking Greenwich Village. Like it was just like a million-dollar production. People getting kicked out of their homes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mil- yeah. million-dollar production that never saw air. And, and it's just a crane shot following him and it's just him walking the streets and seeing how like yes I am one of the normal people and it was like he had this whole mineral la, 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 and they were gonna release but then they realized how tone deaf the fucking commercial was and it never got released and so I never didn't make any money you never got the check? Well, I, I got like a grand for working one no day. Residuals. No residuals. But I got no residuals. I was like, I was, that would have made me like 35, 40 grand oh. if it went to air. Because it was a national commercial for Bank of America. Wow. They fucked me again. <laughs> those, <laughs> those sons of bitches fucking fucked me again, man. And it's like, God, I hate you so much Bank of America I don't care wh- who you donate to or how many lives you say for, forever I hate you no matter what good you do <laughs> like, it's just like I couldn't help it have you ever been fucked over by a bank my um, someone I know I won't reveal names or what exactly but they mm-hmm. work security for Bank of America and um I know people who've worked security for major banks. Like at a branch or? Like, like at the bank. Oh, like at the high rise. The high thing. Gotcha. And um, a lot of these banks and a lot of, even just like big companies, um, their their security wall is very thin. And a lot of the big wigs who run businesses don't understand that you, well, you need like a really good security within your system because you have a lot of credit cards available, there's a lot of people's personal information. So if you have a Bank of America card, a lot of people, and right in, if this happened to you, um, you just got money stolen from your account Mm -hmm. um, because they're like, oh, we need to make budget cuts. Let's do it with security. Why would you do with security? That's like the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole reason you exist is for me to give you my money and know it's secure. Yeah. Like that is yeah. like what the fucking thing that's the thing you do. And they did Bank of America and that they is didn't do it. <laughs> oh my god. So cut many the, people cut got the little fucked. basket of mints if you have to. I know. The, the so many pens things. on the chains that are so annoying. All right. So one time Murder Fist is on tour and we're in South Carolina and we're about to go to LA the next day. And it's a Sunday. And I go to a Bank of America, and I have a TD Bank card. And I know that I, there's no TD Banks in South Carolina, so I'm just going to go get some cash out of the bank. I'm in a hurry, and I forgot my card in the ATM. This is many years ago. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it until I'm at the airport, and I got to get on this plane and go across the fucking country. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll just deal with it when I get to L.A. 
no TD banks in LA. Wow. And so I'm screwed. I got like $50 and I'm about to go, I'm going to be in LA for a week, mm. you know? And so I call up TD bank and I'm like, listen, this is what happened. And they're like, okay, you can settle it up when you get back home. I was like, I don't think you understand. I need money right now. And so I worked out a thing with Henry. This is when we were both broke. I was like, I'm just going to have them wire you 300 bucks and I'll make that last for the week, you know? And then he's like, all right, cool. So I get him all the Henry's information and the lady's like, I can't do that for you. And I was like, why? I was like, it's my money. And she's like, well, how do I know that you're you? I was like, because I'm giving you all of this crazy information about myself. And then she's like, how do I know someone doesn't have a gun to your head right now asking me for the money? And I was like, well, I would hope you'd give him $300 in exchange for my life. <laughs> like, <laughs> are you fucking serious? Like, fucking crazy. <laughs> There's so many people working at banks that have the little eeny meeniest bit of power. I always say that the worst people are not the CEOs. It's the middle managers because they were once being sniveled little shits and they're still sniveled little shits mm -hmm. but they're given like a little bit of power so they're like I don't know if I can give you the money because you might have a gun to your head right. you know it's just a sniveling little shit and that's what I like to call them to their face I'm so mad because they're just taking what I have and you're holding it for me yeah. and then you refuse to give it for me and yet when I'm not looking you take a little extra Every month. Every month. If you aren't diligent in looking at all of your fees, like they slip so much. I'm not, I don't I don't look at my shit. 50 cents here and there, and you have to call and be like, what's up? And they're like, oh, that's just the fee to being a part of the bank. And you have to like argue with them and then to get your 50 cents back because they're just hoping that you're not going to notice it or don't want to argue oh, about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. You, you got to comb through your bank statement. It's so stupid. You, you will see like little, they're like little leeches, like little... Nasty you know. pieces of shit. Yeah. I also never do any of my bills. I never do reoccurring payments because there's one time I had a hospital bill and I said, okay, I'll do a reoccurring payment. I like, I like set up a price with them that I could financially do. And then one month they just took out six months worth of my money. Um, like a glitch in their system. That's all they said. Yeah. So I call the, the hospital. There's nothing we can do. There was a glitch in the system. We can't reset it. I go to the bank. There's nothing we can do. It's You authorized it. So I'm just in the negative. Like, yeah. I, I would and say then you that. have to crawl out of this shit. Yeah, like $800 had to crawl out of it. I had to go to the bank and like get into it. Yeah, like what are you going like, to do? What am I going to do? You, yeah. I owe you 100 bucks. You know I don't have it because I don't have it. Yeah. And so, like, what are you going to do for me? And their answer is always, fuck you. That's it. <laughs> Every time. It is so crazy to me. I know that And they can say yes. They can say yes. That they can say yes. They're just sniveling little <laughs> shits with a little, little bit of power. You just give them a little bit of power. Yeah, and the, you know what the reason I know they can say yes is because when you finally find a nice one, they say yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and the problem is, and the reason they can't say yes too much is because then they'll get fired for being good at customer service. You right. just had to be lucky to walk in the door at that second to get that particular person. Like on her last week of her job. Yeah, who's like, I don't care, yeah, I'll say yes. Yeah, yeah. But exactly. someone on their first week of their job is like, no, I'm going to say no, because oh, no. I want to prove to you that I can meet the bullshit quotas. Get rid of the quotas. All right, so going back to that TD Bank story. Yes. It's like halfway done, actually. Okay, sorry so, No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. This is, this is the fun part. So she's like, I need you to get this information. I need you to get this information from your friend, which is all of Henry's personal crazy. I need like Henry's social. I need like 
all this crazy shit. What is that, mom's like, favorite pie is? I actually found like the old piece of paper from 12 years ago with all of Henry's like Bank of America information on it. I was like, whoa, I better get rid of this. And, <laughs> and so I was, and so I remember I was just like looking at it. So I sent it all. I, I faxed it to her. I found a fax machine with like my last bit of cash. I'm like standing on Sunset Boulevard inside of a Western Union to like send a fax for me all the way to the, all the way with all of his information. I get the fax gets to them. I call the bank and then I was like, is, is, is uh, Trina there? I don't remember her name. Mm-hmm. I was like, is Trina there? And uh, they're like, they're like, oh no, she's not here right now. She, she just got injured. And I was like, what? I was like, I was like, yeah, no, she, um, she fell and she cracked her head open. What? And I was like, what? And I was like, are you serious? Is she okay? She's like, she, she, actually, she's on a stretcher and she's she's going to the hospital. I was like, well, Trina was supposed to okay $300 to come into my account because I'm stuck in Los Angeles. And then uh, and she's like, well, there's nothing I can do right now. I was like, you fucking walk over to Trina and you ask her if, you, if she remembers me. And then she's like, she's on a gurney. I was like, Lady, I'm about to be homeless. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I'm sorry. And she literally said that she like yelled because I went into it with Trina for like half an hour on the phone the day before. Mm-hmm. And so she obviously remembered who I was. And then uh, it, she, I just remember her saying that Trina, like she asked about Ed Larson and she remembered it. And then like Trina from the stretcher just raised her hand with a thumbs up. <laughs> oh my God. And that's all it took. <laughs> and I got my $300 set to Henry's account. And I was able to eat fast food for a week. <laughs> I always say that billionaires and homeless people have kind of similar habits. Like billionaires will scream at you like that also. Oh, Be like, yeah. I need my fucking money. Make sure they're on the gurney and then they give their thumbs up. Yeah, you know, it's exactly. It's a very middle class thing to be like, well, I'll just kind of wait and see if they're okay. <laughs> you know, her head was hurt, so I just want to make sure. God. But yeah, so we're gonna take it. Let's let's go talk to Mr. Pastrami. Okay. All right. So we're gonna go. Um, we're gonna go talk to Mr. Pastrami, David Weisshouse, right now. He's um he's waiting on the line for Skype, and uh, he's a former bank manager, and we're gonna talk about overdraft fees and uh, also some of the things that maybe you can do to help boost your credit score. So uh, check out that uh, right now. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yo, what's going on? I am Ed Larson. Of course, you've already been listening to the show. You know that. But we are on the phone with my childhood bud, Mr. Pastrami David Weishaus. How you doing, pal? Hey, guys. Amber, Eddie, thank you so much for welcoming me. Pleasure. 
Oh, buddy. Oh, thanks for being in on East Coast time. I think it's, what, 4 a.m. your time, 6 a.m.? At least 7 a.m., I think. 10 a.m. your point, time. Probably 11 a.m. 12 noon? So it's fine. Now's a good time Now's to talk. Now's a good time to talk. Yes, thanks for joining. I appreciate it, David. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it is so nice to hear your voice. Um, um, for those of you who are fans of the show, Mr. Pastrami, my childhood buddy, dude, you are turning 40 tomorrow. I hate to blow up your spot, but, man, that is incredible. Me and David have been friends since I was five and he was six. Didn't you guys used to pay servers and you would roll their silverware? and Or servers would pay you to roll their silverware? Yes. Little heists like that. It's so fun. <laughs> you and your chubby little fingers rolling silverware. That's cute. Oh, man. It was, we've, we've been through a lot together, man. And uh, you were, and you've been, uh, you've been so good to me over the years, and you've been so good to my mother. And we're obviously here. We're talking about uh, how America killed my mother a little bit, and the different aspects of it. And one of the main things that I look at as someone who really messed her up and fucked her over were the banks. Mm. And uh, I mean, David knows firsthand because he was actually like. You know we're so we're so close and such good friends that he was going through it with me. Yeah, and and so he he knows everything that happened, but not just that he's also very qualified because he used to be a branch manager of Bank of America in Baltimore. He had a monocle and everything, and a little cane he'd roll around <laughs> and whistle. So how did that even happen? How did you get the job of bank manager of Bank of America? You know, it sounds like more of a prestigious title than it is, but it's truly looked at from like the bank's perspective as just like a retail store. So it's like no different than being the manager of a CVS or a Radio Shack. You get you get points, you get, you know, sales incentives for every time you sign up somebody for a credit card or a new checking account. And, you know, it's not. You know, I was a teller. So the tellers make you know minimum wage. It's not. It doesn't. It sounds glamorous, like you're in charge, but truly, you just you know you push the buttons and uh, you know you count the ones at the end of the night, and that's. It's not that much more glamorous. Not that much. What's the water cooler talk at the bank? You know, what are you just like lizard Illuminati's <laughs> real? You know, like while you're heating up your ramen. I think the moment you say the word Illuminati, you get fired from whatever bank you work at. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so one of the main things that we're talking about in this episode and um, in the movie is uh, overdraft fees mm. and how uh, overdraft fees are just one of the things that plague this country. In fact, in uh, 2017, uh, the banks uh, in America made $36 billion off of overdraft fees. And that's just the year 2017. And $36 billion is a um, fuck ton of money. It's a lot. I used to think, why do people do a credit union? Why would you ever? Because they take money out of your check. But the thing is, is you don't. they don't take $30 out if you, do, if you don't have $5 in the bank. Yeah. No, I've right. definitely been the culprit of getting uh, $50 McDonald's several times in my lifetime. <laughs> You know, and it's a it's a kick in the nuts whenever it happens. Yeah, I have an old Chase account, like I'm kind of grandfathered in, and um, I went and spoke to them recently to get a new account. And he said, "Well, you're grandfathered in. I wouldn't recommend opening a new one because you're protected if you have five dollars." And I was like, "What do you mean? It's my five dollars?" And they said, "Well, yeah, you're protected." And I was like, "Well, yeah, you should be protected." And they said, "Oh no, if you have five dollars in the account, you're charged." 
Mm-hmm. It's like you're charged for not having for not having for having less than five dollars. It like blew my mind. Right. Not zero, five dollars. So is there something to that, David? Is it expensive to be poor? Oh, it's one of the one of the most tragic things that can happen in this country is to have no money. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's the old adage, like, you can't beat them, join them. So there's nothing more harmful than being broke and disenfranchised in America. The system is designed to just beat you up. And it's a symptom of looking at overdraft fees and minimum balance fees. Um, that does not affect somebody who has thousands of dollars and makes an affordable wage. It only affects lower income people uh and that's really where it's targeting the other part that's like abusive with this whole dysfunctional overdraft and banking fee and you know quarter trillion dollars in fees alone made by these banks uh you know 2017 2018 is you know these they don't need the money that's like the other part like they're so (laughs) profitable so it's not like a corporation ever needs to have like morals and ethics uh, but it's just a, it's, a, it's, it's it's highlighted by the fact that these banks are surviving just fine by doing traditional ways of, of earning revenue, which used to be lending money and, and charging interest on that money, you know, for mortgages or for credit cards. Uh, but to then really target lower socioeconomic, lower income class. Um, it, it's it's just one of the true abuses, and it's one of the systematic flaws in the American, you know, financial system and in capitalism in this country. Also, young people that don't know any better. I remember in college, there are all these credit card companies coming yeah. to put up their little kiosks, and uh, thankfully, my parents they were like, "Don't get a credit card if you don't know," because they didn't know anything about money, and they were just like, "Don't get a credit card." And they said, um, if you don't know what it is, don't put money into it. And I still do that today with investing. Like, if I can't describe to you what this company is, I don't put money into it. But so many of my friends, they would go and get their credit card in college. I'll go get Domino's. I'll go to the bar. Don't worry. It's free money. And they couldn't describe, like, what is an interest rate? And then they, you know, out of college, I'm talking tens of thousands, if not hundreds, in debt. In debt to some company. They had no idea. They're being targeted. Did you see a lot of that when you were over there, Dave? A lot of college kids spending time. I mean, Baltimore's a college town. Did you see a lot of people fucking up on their new credit cards? It, you know, poverty doesn't discriminate. <laughs> you know, you're poor in college. You're poor when you're older. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, those college kids are people that are just starting out. And the you know, majority of them haven't entered the labor force. And they live on limited funds. And they don't know any better. And, you know, the second most expensive thing in America besides being poor is being, you know, uneducated or not knowing. And, um, you know, everybody's out to get you. Uh, And that's just the sad reality. of Everybody is out to get you. You know, we we had a policy when I ran the branch and I was like 22. I was just out of college. So you just you were 22 years old in charge of a branch in like it was downtown Baltimore. If I remember, you were like the water was across the street. Yeah, it was like it was like their headquarters. I, you know, it was weird that I got this job, um, but I did it, and I never understood when somebody would come into the bank. And I don't know of your listeners, but I used to do this all the time when there was an open policy for it, and I used to get dinged constantly. But you could usually go in or call and say, "Hey, this was a mistake," and if there wasn't, you know, a long track record of this, you could refund some of them. 
And I never understood why any of my cohorts at the bank, like, defended the bank from charging the fees. It wasn't my money. I didn't care. There was a yeah. totally broke person in front of me. Why the hell wouldn't I, And you know, without restriction? And, and now, I mean, this was 2003. You know, so 20 years later, you know, it's a totally different story and everything is, you know, micro scrutinized and there's limitations and restrictions. And um, but back then they didn't have a restriction. And as the manager of the bank, nobody told me what my maximum amount of refund could be. So I would literally refund you the entire amount or up to whatever I could for my daily refund. I just didn't care. It was like I was probably hungover. I was probably not in the mood. I like why would I intentionally take this lousy argumentative position that you shouldn't have been overdrafting your account? Like it's your money back. Go ahead. Yeah. I'll refund it. It doesn't cost me anything. And I wasn't incentivized to fight with whoever just got screwed over by overdrafting their account. And that was that made my life a lot easier when I realized I just didn't have to do that. It would suck now, you know, if you had to you'd take that position. But I, I realized that I, there was no upside for me to fight with somebody. Yeah, now there was some weird Russian website. I got a charge on my card and I like had to contact the bank and was like, hey, this. And they're like, we just need to make sure you've never. And like they needed two or three days to make sure I'd never like gone on that before yeah. which um i can understand now because what a lot of people are doing now in restaurants like have you noticed restaurants you can't just call in and be like i want to order you got to do it through grubhub or postmates right because so many mm. people would call in and say i want a philly cheesesteak and a pizza and blah 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 and then the food would get delivered to them and they would call the bank and say ah, i never ordered that like after they ate the meal wow there's a lot of that going on that's why every single restaurant you have to do it through a third party right yeah and those guys all take a cut themselves now, you probably saved some freaking lives doing what you did, Dave. You know, you think about it. it like, honestly, like, yeah. it'd be people, like, on their last dollar, you know, and you give them that. You, not only were you giving them their $35 back or, you know, however, because it was, like, it's 35 for each overdraft fee. You're, like, you're giving them a chance to just have access to their money. Because I remember sometimes when I was broke and I would, like, get a bunch of overdraft fees behind, you know, next thing, before you even know, your bank account's in the whole $300. Yeah. $400. Mm -hmm. And then you don't want to yeah. give them your next paycheck because then they're taking most of your next paycheck. We well, you know what banks do now that's really sneaky because I work in a bar and I'm not automatically, I don't have an automatic deposit, direct deposit from my job. Right. And when I was questioning about opening up a new account, the guy said, you have to have direct deposit from your job. And I said, but not every job does that. And I didn't understand why. And it's because now you're saying this, they want to have an automatic way to like charge you overdraft fees yeah. instead of you going in with your check knowing that's being taken out. Yep. Exactly. What it's a bunch a of wow. The more ignorant you are, the more money they make. You know what I noticed when I was at the bank? I, I noticed that most of this, uh, most of the overdraft fees were for like small amounts. Like that's the most insulting. Like imagine, as you said, like $50 McDonald's. You yeah. know, you went in there and bought like, you know, the majority of the fees are under 20 bucks. Like you were buying a $15 item or a $20 item and then it just tripled in price. Yeah. I yeah. mean, think about how abusive and expensive that gets. And everybody I'm sure can relate to one lousy story or another. Just one give time. them the fucking cheeseburger. Yeah. You know, like, like what are we doing here? Like, why is this chart? Why is this taking someone $50 in the hole? If you don't have enough money in your bank account for a cheeseburger, they should just I don't know. God forbid the bank would loan you twelve dollars for a week. 
You know, and it's just like, it makes me so mad. And it's like, it would cost them $12. And it wouldn't cost them $12 because they just get it back next week. And he's, but these, but that's what, not where they make their money. And then when it comes down to these banks making uh, $34 billion in 2017, uh, that same year, TD Bank got in trouble and sued for predatory, uh, for predatory banking. And then when they went back, they had to pay a fine of seventy million. Mm. Now, if you're making five billion, you got no problem spending seventy million to make that five billion. You know, so it's like it's almost like they're expecting to give back that amount of money as like a cost of doing business. And that to me is gross. So tell us the pros and cons of um a, like a credit union Thanks. or like a local small one because I think a credit union is like a Western mm-hmm. union, not necessarily that, but like a small local bank. Like I know when I, we lived in um, Greenpoint, they would have small banks. Is, is that better or are they FDIC certified? They all they all have FDIC if you're an official bank and you have to go through a registration process and carry that insurance or have that insurance to be an approved banking institution that can receive and hold money that audits its receipt that it's holding and then lends and has a certain cash reserve and that was all reestablished and beaten up back in 2008 after the last financial crisis when all the banks got overextended um the the thing that I understand that people really enjoy, and I don't use a credit union, is that personal touch. Like the credit unions aren't these national, uh, you know, depositories all over the country. These are local, you know, you know, handshake, relationship-driven style. I trust the guy on the corner as opposed to this New York, you know, J.P. Morgan behemoth trillion-dollar entity, and I'd rather get a loan and, you know, get money to run my farm in the Midwest uh, from the local, you know, farmer's credit union where you could gather together. And typically credit unions were established for trade groups. Um, Yeah. So if you, you know, you were part of, you know, some kind of a local unionization, exactly, uh, where you could go and do your banking and then get more favorable lending rates, less predatory or abusive practices. Uh, so, you know, you, what you would find is that typically, you know, credit unions won't have as much ATM fees and convenience fees, that their rates are a bit more, um, you know, less expensive, and that their lending criteria is a little more generous. It's not just a black and white, you can't get a loan uh, if you don't fill these 20 boxes in. A credit union, there's a human being that can see a little bit more of you know the full picture and make uh, have have a little bit more discretion uh, and is a less regimented systematic approach from a larger national bank. So yeah, I, I've heard that credit unions, but again, you know that everybody is at it to make a buck. And you know, I remember when that last summer uh, was Miss Ka- with Miss Kathy Eddie's mom. Um, I think a lot of that turmoil in her final weeks and months was just playing this money game where she would write a check. And I know it's, you know, it's, you'll see the documentary, but uh, it was very real. And I just remember her needing money, even for like a 48 hour period, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul, writing a check that she knew she couldn't afford to get the overdraft fee, to get this, you know, short-term loan, to get one creditor off her back to then, you know, wait for the repercussions to come. And that is, 
a spiral that is so difficult and it's this drowning sensation. And if the banks, how about this? The banks definitely don't stop that from happening and they do nothing to discourage or to put checks in place to not have somebody who is, you know, financially struggling, not get worse and get, you know, deeper into debt. Um, so that's definitely. Yeah, when I was uh, homeless and had no credit and no money, they were offering me credit cards, the bank. They're like, have you gotten this credit card or this credit card? And I was like, I don't know what this interest rate is. And I could see them smile and be like, ah, oh, yes, and like push me harder on the credit card. Well, because they're incentivized to give you the credit card. The more credit cards that they that they book, you know, the more money they'll make at the end of the year. The more credit cards that they, or the more bank accounts that they open, the more money they make at the end of the year. To the point where Wells Fargo actually got in trouble back in 2013 for filling out yeah. and for giving people fake bank accounts and fake credit cards and, put, and putting them on people's social security numbers just because the employees were so scared that if they didn't deliver that they were going to get fired. And so this was a huge this was this really happened in to Wells in Wells Fargo and like and they fucking and then the CEO had to like come out and apologize and like people 5,300 people went to jail. Oh my god! Or got arrested. You know, and so it's just like it's a great, it's crazy that that shit's re that happened, and especially like in this day and age. And Wells Fargo is one of the banks where my mom went to. And then when you get in these situations, I'm sorry if I'm ranting a little bit. When you get in these situations and you're down on your luck, I was like this. My mom was like this, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this who don't have a lot of money can sympathize. You have like three maybe even four checking accounts like you got one at bank of america because when that one goes on a negative then you put your deposit then you'll deposit it in the td bank and when that one gets negative and then your bank of america hasn't caught up yet well that's okay because i got my chase account and that and that's got 30 dollars in it and so i'll i'll be able to you know, not get my check taken away from me and i'll be able to pay rent with a chase check because i did all that and it's and it's and it's a dance like you said you're robbing peter to pay paul and it affects your um, credit score, which I used to think credit score was no big deal. Who cares? But go try to like even rent an apartment mm -hmm. with a credit score. They won't even, I remember giving some guy $30 just to look at my report. Yeah. And then he pulls it up and says, no, you don't have enough uh, good credit. And oh, I was yeah. like, can I get my $30 back? And he's like, nope. Yeah. It's <laughs> just like right there. And I was like, come on, dude. Yeah. They said they won't even look at you unless you have a 700 credit. Ridiculous. Nobody has a 700 credit. That no. I know. I mean, I'm getting there, but like. I got a seven You do? Oh, well, Julie worked with you. Julie, get Julie fixed me. Julie, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working. I'm very, very close, but I, I started with nothing. Yeah. Right. No, exactly. Before uh, Julie fixed me and put me on her credit card, thank God, uh, which that she had been paying off for seven years. Before that, I don't. I don't even really have credit. And I couldn't get a credit card. The only credit card I could get was basically a savings account that they called a credit card. Oh like, if you give me $250, I'll give you access to 100 of it. And then, you know, if you if you put, keep putting money in, then we'll start letting you touch more of your money. It's so weird how credit goes. I was telling my friend, I said, uh, it, if you want to up your credit score, keep like $50 that you need to owe in there. It's mm -hmm. like an abusive relationship. They want to know that you need them that you need like um, to keep borrowing money or like or that they're lending you money but if you have like $50 in there for a month or two and then pay that off then your credit score gets higher yeah it's it's a predatory abusive relationship it truly is and i remember i was i was talking to david on the phone a little earlier mr pastrami 
and uh, we were talking, and like I broke it down in my brain. I was like, if this all would in, in July of that year, like when my mom passed away, if we had three thousand dollars, she'd still be alive. Wow. You know, if we had, three, I believe that too. If we, had, I really believe that. If Stress. we had, if we had three grand, she'd still be alive, and like that's such a low number. That's such just like a tiny, gross, scary number. But um, you know, I mean, like when you get into a situation like that, it's like, what are, what are we even doing here? Why why do we need banks? Like why like what? Uh, this is the brighter side, David. You know, so we, we, I I need to know a brighter side of the banks because right now, like my mind, I'm just like, well, you know, we can blow them up. You know, like that, that's where my brain goes. So. Maybe a, a brighter side. I mean, I'm not a banker. I don't know. But a brighter side is like maybe if you understood how things worked and say maybe you had a little bit of money, but you wanted to borrow money to get a house or mm-hmm. a car or a thing that would or maybe something like a house. A house appreciates in value. A car depreciates. Yeah. Something that appreciates in value. So you need to borrow a little bit of money that you will pay off very soon and you know a way to do it. And then now you have something that um, you can pass on to your children that will appreciate in value, that will be better, and you, you go to a bank to borrow that money. Yeah. Make sense? It does, but at the same time... You have to really know your shit, though. Yeah, and you're den- and half the people are denied. I mean, you. I'm sure you saw people showing up to that bank that you worked in. You lived in Baltimore. It's not the, it's not the most well-off city. You saw people come in hat in hand just trying to keep what little property they had and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, um, you saw everything, you know, and then you can't lie to your banker. Like, it's right there so you could see what people are doing. Uh, I guess if I had to tell you a positive, it's it's an offshoot of what Amber said. Like, there's a reason that you, I mean, to build a school, to build a hospital. Somebody needs to lend the financing to that, to get that, you know, very well-needed societal infrastructure built. And the government so doesn't go do to that? A bank. Uh, the government does do it indirectly through the banks. Mm-hmm. They uh, license the banks. They understand that it's a necessary thing, but they privatize this part of it. So, yeah, they let these banks make a profit. And the the traditional original premise of a bank was to have, uh, you know, a central depository where they could collect the money, hang on to it, and then relend it out for you to go build your new restaurant or for you to go build your new house, uh, as Amber said. And that is an important part of any healthy financial system. You need to have different money cycles and you can't just always use cash for things. Uh, And that's again, back to the credit market and the credit system. You know, if you are a good risk, quote unquote, the banks will work with you. But if you haven't had the opportunity to get into the credit system and prove that you're somebody that will pay back money that's been lent to you, yeah, good luck. You're never going to be able to compete with guys that can go out there and borrow, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a business off the ground, to get a new business loan, uh, to get lines of credits for credit cards to finance these loans. So, you know, it's it's also nice that, you know, for example, God, I can't believe I'm defending American Express, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the... But like, think about the features of American Express. You could buy something today and not pay for it for 45 days. That is that's very huge. helpful. That's really helpful. And that's what American Express offers. And they don't even ask you for interest. They yeah. just said, hey, we'll make a couple of bucks on that transaction. 
right? We'll charge whoever, you know, use this service to buy these goods from you 2% of this transaction fee, but you pay us back in 45 days. And that cash flow cycle helps umpteen small businesses. Everything's cash flow in a business. Can I make payroll? What could I put on credit? I have receivables coming in 30 days. Let's put it on the credit card and we have an interest-free loan for 45 days. So that's, you know, that's the short-term abbreviated version of like the longer-term, you know, notes that you could get from, you know, traditional financing through one of the bigger regional banks. But again, back to they won't work with a poor person. They won't work with a person that doesn't have a track record or a history. Um, and in fact, they will penalize that person the most with overdrafts, with minimum um, account fees. Like, you know, somebody who can't put $1,500 and keep it in there to not pay $25 a month. I mean, think about how much that is at the end of the year. That's you know, $300 a year to keep $1,200 in your bank. That's crazy. How the hell does that make sense? I wish this was taught in school, in some sort of high school setting, where you learn how to balance checkbook, what is an interest rate, um, how do bank accounts work for you, your credit scores. None of that is taught. I mean, of course, it's for a reason, because people are supposed to be dumb, so we get dumb sheep, so we give them their money and go meh. <laughs> of course it's not taught, but um, I wish. I wish it was. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I mean, I'm looking at my bank. I pulled up my American Express because I have an American Express card. So I pulled up my account right now just so we were while we we're talking. So I'd have some kind of like frame of reference. And I've been doing really good lately. I haven't been not paying my bill. And I've been and I've been killing it. I've been paying more than I'm supposed to because I got to the top when I was there when I ran out of money. And I, I, I took I, I got to I was negative 11 grand on my American my American Express. And now I'm down to five, so wow. that's cool. I'm proud of myself, uh, but yeah. but at the th- at the same time, that was really hard for me to do. And I got and I got lucky that I was able to do that. But I'm still paying a hundred dollars a month just to have this card. Yeah, and like and like and, and like you know in the money because and also just like interest on the money that I owe, and that's like it's hard. And so when you're just paying the minimums. Yeah, so I'm looking at this. If I just pay the minimum, um, it's going to take me 10 years. But if I pay an extra $100 a month, it's going to take me three years. Wow. It's so crazy. I mean, that's also speaking to like college loans. People who are just paying the minimum on their college loans, they owe more now because of interest rates than what they did when they even graduated college. It's crazy how the interest rates, again, teach that in school. <laughs> 
Was, what are what are good ways to, to bring your credit up, Dave? I know you I know you know a lot about this. I weirdly, yeah, I weirdly got involved in this like five six years ago when I had my credit trashed from not paying my student loans and defaulting when I you know was going through all of my um, you know personal issues. Um, consistency, uh, get back in the game. That bullshit credit card that you just you know, spoke of, you know, 10 minutes ago, the credit one card where you literally give them your own $250 plus a $75 activation fee. Yes. There's a, you know, that $75 activation fee sends a letter to the three credit bureaus and it turns you back on. And it is a fact that those starter credit cards build a track record. So, you know, what the credit agencies look for is consistency um, in payment history and if you are one of those people that, you know, can, you know, go get a credit card and then, you know, rack up 200 bucks and then knock it off um, and mostly live in a cash, a cash system, uh, it is a really healthy and, you know, proven way to, you know, and you did that for several years, you will build your credit score. Yeah. Also having a low debt to income ratio um, or just having low outstanding debt relative to your amount that you could borrow do you ever notice like when you maxed out your credit card at that 11 grand that your credit just started dropping? Yeah. Cause then the other credit agencies got nervous, like shit, Eddie's behavior is the following. He's borrowing his ass off right now. He may be distressed. So just when you need to borrow the most, when you weren't making money and you needed to lean on credit, that's when they start to pull the credit away from you and not to get ahead of ourselves and bring up COVID. And I'm sure there's a bazillion things that are going on. You know, don't think that the banks aren't already planning for a recession. And you could look this up and fact check this. And I remember this scared the shit out of me. About a month ago, I read an article that I don't think a lot of people paid attention to. And it said Capital One, Capital One, like one of the major lenders to those starter credit cards, those like 500 to $2,000 starter credit cards mm -hmm. that have super high interest rates that cater to people that need to, you know, initially establish yourself. They started pulling back and expiring and cutting off people's outstanding credit limits. So if you had that Capital One card in your wallet for a rainy day during a recession when you just lost your job, well, who gives a shit? Capital One just unilaterally decided they didn't want to keep that $2,000 outstanding to you because they pretty much assumed you lost your job and you weren't working and you were on unemployment and those benefits were going away. And then the next line of, you know, opportunity for you to go get some food is to borrow. And then all of a sudden they said, uh-uh, these guys are all distressed. And that happened within just the last month. And then to piggyback yeah. off of that, uh, back in April, Congress, uh, announced a bill to try to um, limit this kind of, um, you know, these instances of overdraftees to put those on pause and to try to preserve some of that credit that was outstanding from those banks to people that have marginal credit scores in the 600, 500 and 600. If you did have it, you can't just go ahead and take it away. And that happened in 2008. So, you know, and then we had a huge recession. So yeah. the banks aren't stupid and they're remembering what happened to them in 2008 when everybody ran up the debt and defaulted. Now, preemptively, they're deciding, hey, if you're one of those people that we know could be in that danger zone, that could have some, you know, real hardships financially while we're going through, you know, the worst pandemic in 100 years, 
let's just cut off your financial access for now too, because that's in our best interest. We'll turn it back on in a year or six months whenever we feel good again. But uh, real fair weather assholes, uh, the banks are. Uh, and that's just a symptom of giant corporations having no real ethics and bounds to you know, give to society, but really just blindly seek profits. And I, I believe that's you know, a huge reason that your mom was so overwhelmed and in despair. And when you're literally you know, getting robocalls, you know, some of the other consumer protections that Obama put in place back in 08, where you couldn't get spam dialed, you know, 25 times at two in the morning, Uh, you know, and you noticed in the last two, three years, as Trump kind of rolled a lot of that stuff back, back in 2017, and gutted the entire consumer protection division that, um, who was it, Elizabeth Warren and Obama and all them worked on in, you know, mid-2000s. That shit is gone. A lot of those are gone, and a lot of those lending practices that we were just talking about where you can't just aren't unilaterally without notification or any kind of shift in your credit score, drop people's credit access and deny them their credit access. Yeah, Trump gutted all that shit back in 2017. And then it matters because you're going into a, you know, a huge recession. Uh, very, very realistic possibility. This is going to be one of the worst recessions we've ever seen. And we haven't even started to realize those repercussions. So, you know, be, be mindful of what the fuck these banks are going to do soon. They're not going to care about us. They're going to stop lending. They're going to call loans in and they're going to hoard money as quickly as anybody else. Cause you know, why would they be stuck holding the bag uh, is kind of their point. They know that you're struggling right now and they don't care. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, what should we do? Just get a bunch of silver dollars and put them under our, our beds? Yeah, or? do we start our <laughs> our own bank? Do we do the bank of LPN? Uh, go rack up your credit cards. Rack them up. <laughs> rack them up. I'm going to get out of credit point. and it's all going to fucking default. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so, man, they're going to take it away. Watch them drop your American Express line. Tell me, you know, have a have, make that announcement. God forbid that occurs. I don't wish that occurs, but I'm telling you, they're not above that. Honestly, say, I wish they would. Know, I hate we, having that extra. I hate having being able to spend that money that I don't have. You know, I hate yeah, like but I. But you gotta eat. You gotta eat. Yeah, mm-hmm. eat. Man, oh god, eat. it's so it's so just drives me up the goddamn wall, and especially after you know like going into TD Bank and like talking to the bank manager, which is you know part of this is in the movie. And it's just, you know, I'm in there, I'm talking to them, and they're like, well, we can reverse some of these overdraft fees. And you're just like, she's dead. You know, like, it's not like, like, like it doesn't, you're going to give me 50 bucks? That's not even my money? Oh, my God. Like, like, like that, that was the craziest thing to me. They're like, well, we can reverse some of the overdraft fees on a bank account that's already negative, almost three grand. They're like, they're like, oh, well, we can reverse a couple of the fees. So I'm like, so the best you can do for me is you can give yourself back some of the money that's owed to you. Like, that's the best you can do for me. That's like, that's they're like, I don't have to give you anything, you know, like, and it's like, and it's fucked up because they're like, well, if she would have came to us and she would have talked to us, uh, we could have, we could have, uh, we could have gone and, you know, re- no, refunded some of no, those. they wouldn't have. And it's just like, bitch. She did come to you because I was on the phone with her. And it might not have been that exact woman, 
But it's just like, it's like, yeah, no, you, like, the woman was crying. And I know she was crying because I was on the fucking phone with her. And, like, these people, and it's like, it's almost like a power-hungry police officer or a power-hungry, you know, like, anyone in a position of any power, sometimes it goes to their fucking head. Yeah. And they, like, they're like, you don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, and then, like, so it's like this random schmuck at a bank poured David, Mr. Pastrami here at 22 years old has to look a fucking elderly person in the eye and mm -hmm. say, I'm sorry, you can't eat today. Right. Like, that, yeah, no, chance. <laughs> like, no like, chance I was going to take that role. You know, no like, chance. <laughs> and it didn't make any sense. I was like, this isn't my money. And frankly, it shouldn't be the bank's money either. Here it is. Take it back. I'm sorry that happened to you. Good and what? Luck. And what happened to you with that job? Uh, I got fired. <laughs> I lasted 10 months. I'll tell you something. In relation to that Wells Fargo scandal back in 2013, mm -hmm. we had the same pressures at Bank America. And uh, really quick, and I won't bore your listeners, but you got one point, and everything was on a point scale. So if you open up a new checking account, that was one point. But a new person comes in, you could get up to five points. If you convince that person who wanted just the checking account to get a savings account that they didn't ask for, a debit card, a credit card affiliated that, and then apply for some kind of a mortgage or something like that. So you know, this was a thing where like every quarter they would put this pressure on you know people that would make in the team. And they don't to need just it. Sign people up. And I'll tell you something, I was guilty of it. It was so easy when you were opening up a new account to just say, oh, you should get the savings anyways and put a hundred bucks in it and just click it. Whether you yeah. ask for it or not, it was kind of a thing, you know, and now I know people went to jail for this like a decade yeah. later, but I remember just being like, don't worry, it's just a savings, or it's a debit card. When it comes in the mail, cut it in half and throw it away. What is totally fucked up is somebody like applying for a mortgage in your name, like that's insane. Uh, and just the idea to give somebody account that they didn't ask for is actually really fucked up in hindsight, but the pressure was put on you to quote, perform and to get more points. That's what they would do at the gym. I used to work at a gym and I always say, never go to the personal trainers, even that free session, because they will go get your information and then just sign you up for the most expensive personal trainer membership. And then you have to go in and cancel it and it's this huge thing and you're still charged, but the personal trainers have to meet a quota. Let's get rid of quotas. Can we yeah, say that? Every quota can go fuck. Well, oh, they yeah. used to send out a... I used to work at a Kmart in college, and I remember it was a, in a Kmart in a low-income area. Most of the employees were all low-income, and they would have Wells Fargo people sit in the break room at a table and try to get you to sign up for a... Uh, and that's how they got me. They got me to sign up for a checking account, a savings account. They convinced me to open a credit card I didn't need. I was like 21. You know, Scoot I, them out of there like <coughs> raccoons. Skit, skit. Yeah, but skit, the, skit, it's skit. like they're almost they're like sending them out to like these places where people don't really maybe aren't as uh, aware maybe yeah. and like I you know it's just so predatory and uh, you know they all need to just fucking go fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that is the expression around here. You go, you go fuck. Yeah. Now, Dave, I don't want to keep you too much longer, man. You, this has been uh, very cathartic for me. And, uh, you know, just just hearing your voice, it always warms my heart so much. But um, if, if you don't mind, um, tell me, say something nice about my my old ma. Like, why, why did you why, why did you get along with her so well? Like, so, like, why did you spend most Christmases with us? That's a good point. Oh, man. What a what a great thing to ask me to talk about. And I'm not going to 
you know, go on and on and I'll probably cry. Um, your mom was my second mom. Um, she was one, she's the most incredible cook I've ever known. And she was everything you wanted in a mom. Um, she was fun. She was loving. She was supportive. She was the mom that packed the cooler for the Sunday t-ball game. You know, she was the mom that just made every party overboard. And I think the most distinctive thing about her that I think if you ever knew her uh, was just her, her lightheartedness and her free spirit. And, uh, you know, she was, she was, she was feisty and uh, she was vulgar (laughs) and she would curse (laughs) and she would flip you off and she was sweet and she was just the most generous woman. And every year since I can remember, I loved coming to your house for Christmas. And there was always a ton of presents for me and my sister. And I will always consider your mom my mom. And uh, it was a huge loss. Um, And it was a real shame the way that, you know, her last months were lived in hindsight. It's I, 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 you know, I'm, there's no comparison for what you went through personally, but I, it was just a huge loss also. Um, And it was just a tragedy that, you know, this woman who worked her entire life so hard to be a great person, to be a great citizen and to raise a great son as you are, um, you know, couldn't get health care and had, you know, things that really were just the, the deck stacked against her being somebody who, you know, had no money, had no savings, went through some hardships, um, you know, and then frankly died from debt uh, and died from those, you know, littlings. But the bright side is she was one of the jovialest and one of the sweetest and one of the most generous people. Um, And I'll never forget those hams for Christmas and a giant ass turkey and the spreads that she would cook. And she just knew how to make a home. She was a great woman. She really was a great woman and she should be remembered fondly. You're a great man. Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to us, Dave means the world thanks for having me amber thank you thank you mr pastrami that was very sweet love you buddy love you too guys have a good one uh talk to you soon all right thank you mr pastrami you fucker you made me cry i uh thank you so much i love you man i'm so sorry i can't be with you on your 40th birthday i've never seen eddie cry to be honest and (laughs) when when i see a man cry it's like so i just want to stop everything i'm doing and like give you a muffin (laughs) you know what i mean like hold your hand be like is everything okay you just never see men cry it's not a part of our culture yeah i know it's a you go to a disney movie with me you'll see (laughs) (laughs) you should have seen me in coco oh Uh, mama coco why mama coco Coco loved she loved everybody so much (laughs) (laughs) that's always i describe the movie up i'm always like it's Uh, about a guy and he's an older guy and his wife (laughs) 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 and that's how i describe the movie (laughs) all right so we have railed on banks enough um with let's uh let's let's come up with some positives uh, it can be rapid rounds it be quick i'll tell you what i like mm-hmm. i like change machines i like giving them all my change and letting it count up and trying to guess how much change i got and like you know you get the little reward and the reward's always a piggy bank so you can bring in more change and i like i like those little change machines <sighs> even though they take nine percent 
I do. That's why I roll my quarters. Because <laughs> I'm trying to quit smoking. So whenever you have a craving that's like seven minutes, mm-hmm. I will. I got these little like change rollers from uh, Staples. You gave me a roll of quarters before. Yes, it, it did. It was very nice. So you just kind of pop them in there. You know, they got to bring those in. Those are coin shortage. Yeah, I I brought them into Chase, and uh, somebody cut me in line, and I was like, "Does humanity deserve this?" Yeah, I'm sitting there holding forty pounds of change. Yeah, fuck you. For you, it's all for you. It's all to come back because I could hoard it and then possibly maybe sell it for more money in some kind of weird black market scheme. Yeah, but I, out of the goodness of my Amber Nelson heart, want to get it back to the economy, and this fucking bitch cuts me. I did ex- ended up exchanging it. Also, it's just like, how is there a change shortage? It's everybody's hoarding it. Everyone's hoarding it? Why? Because everybody thinks I'm going to sell it for a higher cost. Really? Yeah, yeah. People are like with buckets of change being like, I'm saving it. But It's I'm- worth a nickel. Yeah. A nickel's <laughs> worth a nickel. Yeah, put if it back you in. you grab a Susan B. Anthony dollar that doesn't get made anymore, it's worth a dollar. <laughs> you know, like it's a, a 50 cent JFK piece. Yeah. Well, 50 a of, cents. A lot of people think we're going to move to a cashless society, which I do I think, think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, COVID is being used. It is a real disease, but mm-hmm. it is being used to pers- like push some bullshit. Um, They're just trying to take our wishes away. Yes. Yeah. Like, I, I see a wishing well. I got no change in my yeah, pocket. Yeah, what are we going to throw out debit cards in a wishing well? Yeah, the mm-hmm. virtual wishing wells. Then they're going to know my secrets. Then they're going to know my wishes. Why don't you tell someone your wishes? It can't come true. What am I going to do? A Zoltar machine with a debit card? No, I want a quarter. A quarter for your fortune. I love quarters. Mm. <laughs> What's a brighter side for banks, Eddie? Uh, I like those little tubes that go up in the drive-thru. Oh, um, man. Those are cool tubes. Yeah, I think there should be more of those in life. And bank lollipops? Do they bank still lollipops, do that? yeah. For I children? Think they still do. Oh, my God. My buddy stole one of those tubes in college, and they fucking shot. <laughs> Shut down his account. It was so funny. They're like, bring us our tube back, you stupid son of a bitch. They're like the public library. <laughs> bring us our tube back, you piece of shit. Did he bring it back? Of course. He couldn't he didn't have access to his money. <laughs> like, he's not only that, he's on camera. He's in his car. They got his license plate. They know his name. Like, they got his social security number. What a dumbass. <laughs> I tell he you, came up and was like, I got one of the tubes. <laughs> That's so funny. I tell you the dumbest thing I've ever stole, and I don't like to steal. I'm from Saudi Arabia, and it's ingrained in me a bad thing. But one time I was at a party at a very nice building, and I stole a painting. <laughs> That's cool, though. You're like an art thief. I stole it off the wall and put it in my car. It's like, like Thomas Crown. Later. <laughs> And it had all the LSU football players and like all their signatures on it. Like it's a big fucking deal. Oh man! But I ended up returning it the next day out of the goodness of my heart. Oh, that's I nice. Know. When I quit Buffalo Wild Wings in Tallahassee, I stole the first dollar. Oh. Yeah, oh. I was like, "Fuck you, motherfuckers!" <laughs> I stole the first dollar. It's still worth a dollar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but I forgot it at one of the houses when I moved out. I was so mad because it was like it's such a funny thing to have. Oh, is it framed or is it? It was just a like framed a dollar bill on a plaque, and oh. it said first dollar Buffalo Wild Wings." Did somebody ever smash it open and buy some more Buffalo Wild Wings with it? No, thank God, no. I was was it like coated in like mango habanero sauce? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have mango habanero back then, yes, uh, boy. Dark times. Yes, dark times. We were still on the Thai sauce and the um and the honey mustard spicy garlic, which mm-hmm. is mm, yummy, classic. Yummy. I like the lemon pepper wings. That and the barbecue is my favorite. Or the buffalo. Yeah. Yes. Caribbean jerk is my favorite. I can't fuck with that Caribbean jerk. That's just spicy. Oh, I love it. Oh, my God. I actually ordered a bottle of it on Amazon. You're a hero. Yeah. We need to end this show. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Guys, the, <laughs> these are the plugs. Amber, we had a fan reach out to us. Uh, uh, yes, uh, Matthew Green on GoFundMe. Matthew Green, uh, his home got destroyed. Um, mm. He has $5,000 so far of a $7,000 goal, but it's just too... I mean, I'm looking at the pictures right now. It looks pretty devastating. Yeah, and uh, it seems like it's legit. Uh, yeah. We, I, I looked at the page for a while. It was a lot of his friends commenting and stuff like that and donating. I, I threw in 20 bucks. If you got a couple, throw in... Uh, yeah. These are hard times to get your to have a tree fall in your house and have it completely fucking destroyed. M-A-T-T-H-E-W-G-R-E-E-N. Yes, and uh, so look for him on GoFundMe if you got a five spot. Throw it that way this week. David Weishaus, thank you so much for stopping by, buddy. I love you with the, from the bottom of my heart. Friends, for 34 years. That's a long time. That's a long time. That's like a human being's age. I mean, any age is a human being's age. What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, no, now. I don't consider somebody a human being until they're like 28. I'd say 24 is always my number I go to. Yeah, yeah. If you're younger than 24, then you probably, you yeah. know, no offense, because I know we have a lot of young listeners. Yeah, you're 18, you're like a group of cells. Honestly, right. yeah, you really, you're going to look back and you're just going to be like, oh my God, I did so much stupid shit. I mean, I did a lot of stupid shit. I bought guns and sold drugs. Mm. You're going to grow out of this. I still do stupid <laughs> shit. I do stupid shit all the time. I do stupid shit, you know, today. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what I did, but, you know, I'm sure it was, I did something dumb. Absolutely. So go to Box Elder Accounting for all your accounting needs. Uh, it's a wonderful uh, company. They help me out and they take care of my bullshit. And Lord knows that is confusing as all hell. Um, at David Weishouse on Twitter, uh, at Brighter Side LPN, at Amber Smelson, at Eddie Tunes underscore, at Eddie Tweeting, at Last Podcast Network. Instagram, go to Prince Moses the Saint. That is. Mr. Pastrami's St. Bernard's It's very cute. Instagram page. It is the best follow I have on Instagram. By far. Prince Moses the Saint. It's the cutest, biggest, one-year-old uh, St. Bernard. He's so cute. He's so big. His head's the size of a basketball. And he's got 20-pound lips. And I love him so much. So go check that out. Uh, the Brighter Side LPN on... Uh, it's The Brighter Side LPN on Instagram. Amber Smelson, Eddie Tunes. Nando, please be nice. Um, oh, and also our Instagram has a little bird and it's orange because there's a lot of other people that say Brighter Side on Instagram. Yeah, these fuckers, they trying to take our shit. They ain't bright. No. They're kind of bright. They're kind of bright side. <laughs> no, but uh, good for them if they are spreading a positive message. Yeah. Um, um, Eddie Ewing, E-D-D-Y underscore Ewing. And last podcast network on Instagram. All fun things. Um, every Saturday in October, starting tomorrow, people of the last podcast network, we're taking turns hosting these things. Uh, it's four people per show, and it's every Saturday. We're doing one. In each Saturday, we're going, all the money, if you donate, is going towards a different charity. Oh, it looks like the third is Ben and Henry and Marcus. Oh, okay. But we're on 1010. That's you, me, Jackie, and maybe Holden. Great. And we're also on 1017. No, or, you are, not I me. I am. Yeah, me, Holden, Henry, Natalie. And you are on 1024 with Marcus yes. and Carolina. And then I'm doing it again on Halloween proper. Jake, Ed, Jackie, Ben, Henry. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun. It's people from all the different shows goofing around, watching horror movies together. Come watch them with us. It's like we're all fucking hanging out or something. Amber, your cooking show was amazing this week. So you got the Grand Canyon backdrop. It was so beautiful. Thank I loved you. what you did. 
Uh, I was so jealous of your trip, and uh, it's just the best show. Go to Amber's Patreon. Also, uh, patreon.com slash Amber Smelson. How America Killed My Mother is out. That's right, folks. It is available. Please, please. I can't. I, I, this is the only show that I do this on because you, I, I'm not embarrassed to plead with you people. Help me spread the word. Please get out there. And, and I am doing this like I'm straight up doing this by myself. Me and Travis Irvine are just literally calling everyone we can to get them to watch. I'm like sending personal emails all day long, all week. Uh, I really want people to check this out. Uh, please help me spread the word. Get your families to watch it. Get your friends to watch it. If you know someone who's lost a parent, this is a great movie for them to check out. It really was cathartic for me to make and is very cathartic to watch if you've gone through something like that. So please check it out. Also check out How America Kills on Twitter. And uh, the movie is available on Vimeo, howamericakillmymother.com. Go and check it out. And if you want to see, if you want to watch it or not, I got the trailer up on YouTube. So go check that out there. All right. So Friday, October 9th, I wanted to talk to people about this. Okay. This is something I'm doing. My buddy, friend of the show, Danny Bedrosian, uh, the, the keyboard player from P-Funk, mm -hmm. uh, he is doing a live show from his living room uh, on, uh, on, on October 9th, Friday, October 9th at around 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, tickets are $25. I know that's a little steep, but he's going through a lot and he needs to make some money. And this is the best way for him to make it right now. And so here's the thing for me. I love going to live concerts. It's yeah. my favorite thing to do. I used to go more than once a month. So I'm going to go to this concert. And there's a chat room. If you want to go to a concert with me and enjoy this with me, go hang out. I'll be in the chat. We could talk and we'll have a good time and it'll be a lot of fun. Also, holy shit, I just forgot. I just booked this today. Um, on my birthday, October 5th, um, I am going to do a Reddit AMA. Uh, so go and check that out. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be on the last podcast um, channel Eddie, on Reddit. How, how many uh, doo-doos you do a day? Uh, at least three doo-doos. <laughs> if it's a good day. If it's a bad day, 20. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but LPN? On the LPN channel? On the LPN uh, subreddit. Uh, if you go there, we talked to the people who, the moderators from that Reddit, and they scheduled a AMA with me on October 5th, my birthday. So go check that out. We'll have a great time. You can ask me any questions about Brighter Side, Roundtable. You can ask me about your problems. Uh, you can ask me about the movie, which I'd really love. You can ask me about all the work I've done writing for television and writing for the roasts and Jeff Ross. I'm there for you, so let's talk, man. Um, I'm very excited to do one of these. I've never done this before. I don't know much about Reddit, so go and hold my hand through it. I would love to hang out with you guys. Sticker giveaway is still happening. I'm seeing you guys are posting your pictures when you get them. I love it. If you've messaged us, they are coming. We just do it at our own goddamn pace because, let's face it, they're free. I sent out a few today. So, did you? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, just keep sending them. I did have one in the bottom of my backpack, and I meant to send it when I was on the road, and mm -hmm. I don't have it anymore. I think I left it in my journal. Um, so whomever you are, I promise, I will give you a shout-out on the next episode because I'm going to find out who you are. My mother's mailing my journal to me because I left it at home. I left my private journal at my mother's house. Oh, my wow. God. She's reading the <laughs> hell out of that. <laughs> oh, my. You left your journal at your mother's house? Yes. What are you, eight? I like, don't know. 
<laughs> What's my problem? But here's the thing with me. I'm so smart. My handwriting is dumb. I purposely made my handwriting. Oh, she's going to read it. If she can't read it, she's going to bring it to the fucking salon and they're going to read it. It's going to be like Da Vinci Code. Yeah, you're getting this thing in like a month and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so sticker giveaway. I just got one returned to me. Make sure you're giving us the right address because uh, they do get returned and I don't like sending them out twice because then I send more they spend more money in stamps people, you know I'm sorry people have been sending me stamps and oh. I really appreciate that and so a lot of you are actually getting uh, free uh, postage free stamps so if you have extra stamps go ahead and send them to us uh, what's the address um uh, uh, P.O. Box 470 North Hollywood California 91603 that's right just uh, make it out to the brighter side care of LPN well, I hear a, a Reddit hack in fact is um so say um, you live in Wyoming, mm-hmm. and um, I wanted to send it from P.O. Box 470, but I don't have any stamps. Yeah. So what you do is put the from in the to. So then the post office is going to deliver it right back to where it came from. Oh. And where it came from, quote unquote, is actually where it's going. Does that oh. make sense? That does mm-hmm. make sense, but I'm not going to rip off the post office until yeah. after the election. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go to mail jail. Uh, like we said, though, the stickers are free, but if you do want to Venmo Amber uh, a little bit of cash for it, please go to her Venmo at Amber-Nelson-6 and Venmo any amount of money. You will get your sticker and post about it when you get the sticker. If you don't want to do either of those two things and you just want a sticker in secrecy, guess what? I'm still just going to give you a sticker you know, in secrecy. You're going to get a sticker. It's no big deal. So no big deal. Uh, no, no pressure on anything, but uh, we just love spreading the word and spreading the love, man, because this is the brighter side. It's free on Spotify, and we are a part of the Last Podcast Network. Check out um, on the Last Podcast Twitch. Also, check Classy Night Out on uh, 10-7, I believe. Yes, 10-7. Uh, it was the next classy night out, and uh, that is 6.30 p.m. Pacific time, 9.30 uh, Eastern. Uh, and you can always watch the old episodes there. The last one was very good with uh, Micah Fox and Ben Kissel. Thank you, Fernando, for all the great uh, work you do for us. Thank you, Eddie, for coming in and recording us, man. Uh, it means the world. And also, this week's Spotify playlist is a gift for our boy Marcus Parks. Oh. Marcus had a rough couple of weeks. His dad wasn't doing too well for a little while there. And so I made him a playlist. And I know my boy likes the Mountain Goats, so the song taking us out today is See America Right by the Mountain Goats. Be good to yourselves. Peace. I was riding up from Tampa when the radiator burst. I was three sheets to the wind. A civilian saw me first. And then there was the cop. And then the children standing on the corner Your love is like a cyclone in a swamp And the weather's getting warmer I was getting out of jail Headed to the Greyhound You said you'd hop on one yourself And meet me on the way down I was shaking way too This show is made possible by listeners like you Thanks to our ad sponsors You can support our shows by supporting them For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. 
and dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.